Today we are going to be doing a $100 budget deck tech for Nagan the Cold-Blooded. This budget does not include basic lands or Nagan uh, himself, yes himself, because though you should probably have some basic lands and because Nagan, it's going to be very inconsistent what price you can get it at, so I'm not really going to put, I don't, I mean they have, you can buy it directly off of TCG Player for $40 or you could buy it from the secret lair but really it's just inconsistent and it's going to be hard to tell how much you're actually going to pay for it so I'm not including that in the price but overall if you did include those things it would be $140 but there are also places you can get rid of some costs. There's a link in the description that has this deck um, there's an expensive category of cards that I just didn't choose to include because they cost a lot of money. So if you want to spend more, you can include that. Um, and if you want to cut some costs, just sort by price, um, and you should see a couple cards that are a bit expensive. Some ones I'd recommend easily cutting to save yourself like 15 bucks. You could cut Dictate of Erebos and Sulphurous Springs. Those are both 15 or $7, and you can just go ahead and cut them. But really, it's up to you, you know, how much you want to spend, what you want to do. So maybe you want to go more, maybe you want to go less. Just look at the link in the description, and you can alter it however you want. So let's get into the deck tech. So the idea of this deck is to make my opponents sacrifice creatures. And that's pretty self-explanatory, right? But how are we doing that? So... That's the main category in this deck, is just things that are going to make people sacrifice creatures. So some things will make each opponent sacrifice a creature, some things will make target opponent sacrifice a creature. Some things will make target opponent sacrifice their biggest creature. You know, there's a lot of different things, a lot of ways that we make people lose their creatures. Um, and you know, you get the idea, right? There's a lot of variety in how we're doing that. Uh, I'll provide a couple examples. Let's see. Uh, we will do Dictate of Erebus. Three black black for an enchantment. Flash. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So this is a way to get a lot of sacrifices of creatures. Um, in addition, because a lot of the things that have people sacrifice creatures will also have you sacrifice creatures. So it's just a way to get a lot of sacrificing in addition happening. Uh, there's just a lot of different examples of how we're getting people to sacrifice things. And, you know, you get the idea. We're making other making our opponents sacrifice creatures. Not going to cover that part too much more. So, then what else, right? So, we're making our opponents sacrifice creatures. How are we taking advantage of that? Well, there's multiple ways. First of all, we're getting treasures from Nagan, which is great. Second of all, we are... We have a lot of other triggers that will happen whenever opponents' creatures, uh, opponents either have to sacrifice or opponents, uh, an opponent creature, an opponent's creature is put into the graveyard. So an example of that would be Dinka Staff, which is four for an artifact. Whenever a creature is put into, sorry, whenever a creature dies, uh, Dinka Staff deals two damage to that creature's controller. So yes, that would happen to us. But that's okay, because we're not having as many things die. 
So other than that, uh, there's a lot of other examples um, of things similar to that, like Rage Thrower, uh, 5 in a red for 4-2. Whenever another creature dies, Rage Thrower deals 2 damage to target player. There's a lot of different examples of things like this. Um, and another example of how we're taking advantage of this is whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token. So we are taking advantage of these treasure tokens. Now, there's a lot of different ways we're doing this, but mainly we have just either cards that will get us more treasure tokens or cards that will benefit off of us having treasure tokens. Plus, the fact that we do sacrifice treasure tokens makes helps benefit a couple of cards. Not very many, but it does help benefit a couple of cards that we are running. So one example of a card that would benefit off of and create to treasure tokens for us would be Revel in Riches. Four in a black for an enchantment. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, create a tra colorless treasure artifact creature token, token with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more treasures, you win the game. So, uh, basically, the entire idea of the deck is to give is to have opponents sacrifice creatures, and we get treasures from that, from both Ravel and Riches and from our commander, and then we can win the game from it. This is going to be a very common and effective way to win, and will be very, very powerful in this deck. So... It's very good, very useful, and amazing in this deck. So that's the main idea, but let's get, you know, in a little bit more detail. So first of all, uh, a thing I felt like I had to mention was Flicker, right? So Nagan has an ETB effect, and to, for, well, there's two things I want to cover on it. First of all, we can use various cards that will Flicker him so we can get that ETB effect again for cheap or not too much mana or, you know, maybe it goes over and over again and we can reuse it. One example of that would be Eldrazi Displacer. Two and a white for 3-3. Three, three. Creature Eldrazi with Devoid. Two and a colorless. So this is a colorless mana that you can only use colorless for. And it is actually fairly easy to meet that requirement in this deck. I have a lot of different ramp and lands that... um that fit within that so it's not too difficult to reach that and it says exile another target creature then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control so you can just use that over and over and over again uh you know like it's just great uh, another thing notable about colorless mana is you cannot use treasures for it because it says mana of any color colorless is not a color so this is great. Um, there's You could just get to flicker it over and over and over again, and there's a lot of different ways that we can flicker it to be an extra source of sacrifice. And then beyond that, the second thing I wanted to cover in relation to that ability is how are you going to optimize this? And I think this is a really difficult you know, question to answer because it's one of those puzzles that you can you know, strat strategically make the right decision but your opponent has the same amount of information as you. So if you figure out what the right decision is, then they also know that and it makes it not the right decision anymore. It's just really difficult to say what, how exactly you can put it together 
and make it optimally work. So basically, you and, e you and target opponent each secretly choose a creature that they control. So there's two creatures that you choose. You choose one creature and they choose one creature. And you don't know what the other person is choosing until, you know, uh, you've both revealed it. So it's like you can either, you know, go for something super valuable because you want to guarantee that you're going to get that. Or you can go for the second most valuable thing because they're already going to choose the thing that is so valuable because, you know, that's what they think you're going to choose. They want to choose what you're going to choose. And you want to choose what they're not going to choose and what is valuable. So you need to figure out what is valuable and what they don't think you're going to choose. And that can be very difficult to do because, as I said, you both know everything. And if you know that the other person knows something and thinks you're not going to make a decision, like, it's just a conundrum. It's, there's not really any correct answer. So I don't know what the, like, exactly how you would optimize this, but I think just go for the, you know, be inconsistent. You know, I was going to say go for the most valuable thing, but don't. Be inconsistent. If your opponent knows what you're going to choose, then only one creature is sacrificed. And that is really bad. Do not do the same thing. And don't do like a pattern either. Don't like not do something twice in a row. Just go completely random. And I don't mean choose a token. Because if your opponent has a token or something, then that completely changes the strategy. They're willing to bet that token or lose that token for very little sacrifice. Uh, for like, you know, a very small advantage. So I think if they have a token, just go for the valuable thing because they're just going to choose the token. And if they don't have the token, then, or something they're very willing to sacrifice, then go ahead and just try and be random. Try not to make it so your opponents know. If you develop a pattern or a strategy, your opponents will catch on and it will very quickly become much less effective. So I, I really can't tell you much more than that. Like, it's nice to go for super valuable things when they are extremely valuable, but you have to sometimes just mix it up to get people a little confused and uncertain about their decisions because you really don't want well optimally you'd have people convinced you know that this is what you're going to choose and then just choose something completely different so like if you can subtly hint and it's very difficult to do this and you very well might pull it off wrong if you can convince your opponent very subtly that you're gonna choose something then or maybe not even that subtly. Like, if it's something that is just an extremely obvious point, right? And you just make, like, an easy deal with someone. Not, like, a, not a deal per, per se. But you say something that says, maybe we can make a deal after this. I don't know exactly how you would do it. But some way that you could have it seem like you're supposed to do that. Have it seem like that's what you're going to do. 
without actually, you know, making a deal because you don't want to break deals. That is not, I really don't like it when people are dishonest. It's just not, it's not great. It's a not, it's not a good thing to do. It will get people very salty and people do not like to play against them. Okay. And beyond that, uh, we're sacrificing things, right? We're getting other, everyone to sacrifice things. And a common theme with sacrificing effects is we also have to sacrifice things. So how are we making it so that doesn't affect us as much? Well, things that come back over and over again or things that make tokens is the answer. So first of all, a lot of the uh, effects that I have that make people sacrifice things are creatures. So in a bad, in a bad scenario, we can sacrifice that piece or it's a one-time use thing. So we can either sacrifice the thing that's making the sacrificing happen, or we can just, you know, use like, or we can just keep on letting it go depending on what we have, right? So we have to be, you know, conservative and careful. All right. And beyond that, like, so we have a lot of creatures that, you know, we can cast uh, in this deck. We have 29 creatures, which is a decent amount. And we have a good amount we can sacrifice. But optimally, what we would have is something that can bring itself back. So there's a lot of different examples of this in the deck. Uh, but one example is reassembling skeleton. One in a black for 1-1 one, one creature skeleton warrior. One in a black. Return reassembling skeleton from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So basically, it's just a cheap way to get something back to the battlefield for you to sacrifice it again. And just being able to do this over and over and over again is really great. And, you know, that's that's the idea. That's the main idea. But let's get into a little bit more detail on some of these categories. For example, the sacrifice category. So what are the different categories of, you know, how are we going to make people sacrifice things? So there are some instants and sorceries that are rats. There's a lot of effects that will have people choose uh, creatures, uh, basically a creature, an enchantment, a planeswalker, one of each type, uh, non-land, of course, and they will then sacrifice the rest. So this is really good because they're sacrificing all of their creatures. And it's very, very easy to, get, to then get them to sacrifice that last piece, that last creature, typically. So it's just a really easy way to wrath the board and get a ton of treasures for it. So it's really nice utility, and it's great to have. So there's a lot of different versions of this, um, and it's a great way of doing it. Then there's some version of... Each creature, you have to sacrifice it unless you do something. So maybe you pay mana, maybe you pay life. Like, it could be a lot of different things, but that's the idea. And then there are, like, just each opponent sacrifices a creature effect. So when something enters the battlefield or when you cast a spell or something like that, each opponent is going to have to sacrifice a creature. The good thing about a lot of these is they themselves are creatures. So if it's not each opponent sacrifices a creature, it can commonly be each player sacrifices a creature. And if it if it itself is a creature, that can be a good way 
a good thing to sacrifice. So a good way to get sacrifice without actually having to lose one of your creatures if you don't have something renewable to sacrifice. And beyond that, uh, we have like a lot of different effects, you know, just some like farther out things that, you know, have different ways of doing it. So maybe it's an upkeep trigger, maybe it's an end step trigger, like it could be anything really. Maybe it's just a trigger whenever someone does something. There's a lot of different, you know, event, events that happen or times or, you know, anything really, just some weird, obscure way to sacrifice. This deck is focused on, and again, link in the description, this deck is focused on having people sacrifice creatures. And one option in order to build this deck is you can try and give your opponents creatures. But I just don't think that's worth it. If you can find cards that efficiently give every single player creatures with very little cost, and I'm talking by very little cost, I mean you would basically be able to justify playing it if it also didn't give your opponents creatures, like if it only gave you creatures, and it would be decent value for the mana if it just gave, but it also gave everyone creatures. If you could find a card like that and, you know, make it so that there's a very limited number of those cards, I think it could work. It definitely could. Um, but you have to be very, very careful with it because it's just a very thin line to walk between you having cards in your hand for a large portion of the game and maybe even multiple cards in your hand that aren't going to do anything until either the end of the game if you're lucky. You know, like it's not even very likely that they're going to do anything for you at all. So if you're lucky and it's the end of the game, then maybe it'll help you a little. But I just don't think that's, you know, the situation we want to be doing. It's win more it's not consistent. It just doesn't seem worth the slot to me. Maybe it is to you, and maybe you found the best card to give opponents creatures ever. But I didn't see any cards that were great for it, and I am not including those cards. So, just to recap, we want to get our opponents to sacrifice creatures, and we can take advantage of that with treasure tokens. If we want to win, we can do that in multiple ways either by taking advantage of our treasure tokens or by taking advantage of death triggers from opponents. So there's a lot of different ways that you could play this deck or alter the way this deck functions, but I think this is a good a good model, and it's nice and budget, you know? Like, you can also even make it cheaper. If you want to cut Dictate of Erebos or Sulphurus Springs, you, you, can cut, you can save $7 on each of them. And another thing I wanted to add for context is this is using TCG price. So if I were to change the price to Go Card Kingdom, then it would be, well, let's see. It says it would be $130, but I didn't quite calibrate this as well for Card Kingdom to make sure that they have the specific edition. So take it with a grain of salt. But you could probably get it a little cheaper, and I would probably cut a couple of these cards, like Sulphur Spring and Dictate of Verbos, because apparently they're $11 on Card Kingdom. So, 
Yes, Card Kingdom typically typically is a little bit cheap and more expensive, but it really depends on the edition and the cards and a lot of different things. The cheapest way you could possibly get it is if you do a mix. So thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.